0: Hi everybody, Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. I hope you're doing well. Pleased to be joined today by Harvard graduate and attorney Jared Beck. So uh, is the husband and wife attorney team, Jared and Elizabeth Beck. Practice at their law firm, Beck and Lee Trial Lawyers, and also founded the progressive grassroots Super PAC Jam Pack. It's a great name. They are, in fact, as we speak, leading a class action lawsuit against the Democratic National Committee and Debbie Wasserman Schultz for. What seems to be outright support of Hillary Clinton's campaign instead of, as far as I understand it, their uh, commitment to remain neutral. Uh, Thanks so much for taking the time, Jared.
1: Thank you very much. And it's it's great to be with you. So. Guccifer 2.0, I
0: guess, handed you guys a little bit of a revelation. A, a lot of people had suspected it, but uh, it seems to be a bit of a smoking gun, some of the information that came off the uh, DNC servers. I wonder if you could help people understand what that has done to galvanize some of these frustrations from the Sanders supporters.
1: Well, you know, I, always, I think that among the uh, um, folks who were in the Bernie Sanders camp uh, there had always, you know, there, there, there had always been a lot of frustration as the, the primaries be, were being held because there were you know, reports of, uh, you know, voter suppression and, and funny things going on at the polls and so forth. But um, in terms of the legal case, you know, lawyers to file lawsuits, we need documents. We need evidence. You can't file a lawsuit uh, based on um a hunch or a suspicion—you have to do it on the basis of, um, you know, a, a plausible theory that's supported by evidence. Um, any good lawyer knows that. And so, when uh, Guccifer 2.0 um, started putting out documents uh, that it said had been obtained from the DNC's own servers, and um, when the DNC Um, didn't dispute that these documents were indeed authentic DNC documents. Uh, That is what provided us as attorneys uh, with a colorable legal basis to file a federal lawsuit against the DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz for uh, fraud, negligent misrepresentation, breach of fiduciary duty, deceptive conduct, and other claims uh, based on uh, false representations unconscionable conduct uh, committed in the course of the uh, democratic nominating process. So there are six major
0: complaints as far as I understand it. I wonder if you could help uh, step people through uh, what the complaints are and the reasoning behind them.
1: Right. So um, the DNC is a corporation. uh, And just like any other corporation, whether that's uh, Apple, IBM, Chevron, you name it, um, the civil law, Uh, uh, holds uh, a company uh, uh, responsible, civilly liable when it commits uh, uh, torts, recognized torts under the law. And so what we've pled in this complaint are uh, six um, uh, uh, separate claims that uh, set forth the elements of torts committed by the DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, based on uh, fraudulent conduct. Uh, based on misrepresentations, uh, based on the fact that the DNC was not following its own charter, which requires it to be impartial and neutral with respect to uh, the nominees, uh, the the, the, uh, candidates for the nomination. And this uh, obligation of neutrality was uh, repeated publicly over and over again uh, by Debbie Wasserman Schultz and other officials of the party. And so... Uh, people uh, contributed a lot of money to Bernie Sanders, a, a historic amount of money uh, for somebody with no uh, major super PACs uh, backing him. Uh, people contributed an enormous amount of money uh, based on their belief, their faith in the American system of democracy, that this was going to be a fair and free uh, nominating Process and that people's votes were going to be counted uh, appropriately, and that the DNC was going to um, be taking a neutral and impartial position with respect to all the candidates. In other words, not picking favorites. So, you know, in a sports League Like the NFL. I mean, the NFL can't uh, favor, you know, the New York Giants uh, throughout the season. Um, And then, uh, you know, I mean, we expect that there's a fair competition. And so it's no different here. And uh, we believe we've got very, very strong, credible evidence that those representations were false. And so we've pled uh, six different claims on the basis of that theory. And I think it's very clear cut.
0: Right. So I guess uh, as far as I understand it, you know, you, you go to eBay, you order an iPad, you just get an empty box. When they say they're going to send you an iPad, that's not a great interaction. And uh, if I understand it correctly, the argument would be something along the lines of, well, if people who were donating to Bernie Sanders had known that the DNC had their fingers on the scale, they might not have because they would have said, OK, well, what's the point? I mean, if it's not an even competition, then my money isn't going to make that much of a difference. I'd rather keep it in my wallet.
1: Right. I mean, who who wants to contribute to a rigged process? Why would you ever do that? I mean, we have we have thousands and thousands of people that have contacted us about this lawsuit. And we've got people who have volunteered and signed up to be uh, class representatives, some of whom gave thousands of dollars to Bernie Sanders. I mean, we're talking lawyers, doctors, other professionals with a lot of money who put a lot of their own, own hard-earned money because they wanted to support Bernie Sanders uh, in, the, in the campaign. We also have people that gave $27 or even less, and a lot of these people, we have, we have homeless people, uh, we have people who are unemployed, I mean, they were literally scraping up um, whatever they could to put it on, uh, to, to put it towards Bernie Sanders' uh, efforts, and uh, uh, because they truly believed in the process and these are people who couldn't even afford uh, to do it. so absolutely that's the theory. Um, it's a theory that's you see over and over again in our legal system um, against you know corporations that you know engage in false hap- advertising, which happens all the time. and so there's no a reason why that theory shouldn't apply to a political party or or a, a national committee of a political party and its chairman or chairperson.
0: Well, and of course, uh, one of the um, things is harder to quantify, of course, but I think of the people trudging up and down the streets, pounding in lawn signs, you know, handing out brochures, engaging with people. Uh, It's not just the money uh, that's, of course, more quantifiable, but the time, the effort, the energy, and something, of course, I don't know, it's legally difficult to quantify, but enthusiasm for the democratic process. I mean, if people have been burned this badly by a rigged system, what is their level of enthusiasm next time? And what does that cost them in terms of? they're feeling that they're part of a democratic process that's fair.
1: Right. And and that's all very true. I agree with everything uh, you've said. And I'd even take it a step further. I mean, um, you know, our legal system, uh, you know, quantifies legal harm. And so uh, the sheer amount of money uh, that was put into Bernie Sanders campaign by people from all across the country, that's a huge part of this case, because that's the most quantifiable aspect of the damage. But as you pointed out, there's a a part, an aspect that can't easily be quantified. So if this conduct doesn't stop, uh, what are our elections going to look like going forward? I mean, this is, from my perspective, this is such a huge blow to our democracy, um, such a huge blow to the confidence in our institutions that unless you have fundamental changes to the way that the Democratic Party uh, conducts its affairs, then you really don't have much of a democracy in this country. That's my opinion. And so we've not only have we asked for all the monetary relief uh, to be um, in court, but we've also asked for injunctive relief. And so from our position, it may take um, injunctive relief of some type from the court to address um, these non-quantifiable harms, but that's what injunctive relief is for.
0: And just how people sort of understand what that term means in the moment?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, a court uh, sitting in equity, um, a, um, a federal court, um, not only has the power to award damages, but it all ha- also has the power to issue injunctive relief, which is a, um, you know, it's it's not, it goes beyond the payment of money. So a court can really uh, fashion a remedy um, you know, uh, with a great deal of flexibility depending on the circumstances. Uh, and so that's, um, you know, gives really gives our, um, justice system a great deal of authority and power, uh, in situations where there's a serious fraud going on and something needs to be done, uh, beyond, uh, the, uh, compensatory aspect.
0: Right. So they can just compel particular changes in behavior or processes, uh, in the moment, Right. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, it is, it, because we, we, there's so many countries around the world that we would not characterize as, ri- uh, as really rigorously democratic, which claim to have elections. You know, I'm thinking of the old Stalinist thing, you know, and 99% mm-hmm. of people vote for Stalin and the other 1% are in a gulag somewhere. So there is often this sort of appearance of choice while there's sort of banana republic machinations occurring behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And uh, nobody's saying America's that far gone yet, but it seems like you want
1: to try and Deal with this potential issue earlier rather than later, right? I, I, and I think that one of the things that really sets this country apart from other countries around the world is the enormous power that our two political parties have over the process itself. And so, just think about this for a moment. Uh, you know, we have um, well, you know, we we have this system of government in place, which is a democratic system. And we have, you know, all of these, you know, I mean, we have elections and all of what, you know, you need to have in a democracy. But then all of the major decisions about how those elections are conducted are actually in the hands of the parties themselves. And so um, it really gives them an enormous amount of authority in our country and I believe a great responsibility. And so when they're failing in that responsibility, Um, Something needs to be done. I mean, we're pursuing uh, the legal avenue because we have a lot of faith in our judicial system and in the great um, ability of courts to fashion remedies um, when they're called for under the circumstances.
0: And this, of course, is one of
1: the fascinating aspects
0: of this very exciting election season in America that we look at sort of Trump and Bernie Sanders, which I think are two shadows cast by people's frustrations with the existing system and uh, what some people view as sort of a hydra, like the same body politic with two uh, pseudo heads that are going on. (laughs) And it seems like this frustration that has, I mean, you could say polarized, but has given people interest in alternative candidates. I mean, the 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 rise of Bernie Sanders was was unprecedented to sort of my knowledge of, of American electoral history. And it seems like there's this process going on at the moment, which is people are frustrated with the status quo and are looking for alternatives, but the status quo is working as it generally does to maintain the status quo. And it, it sort of feels like this Um, What what may have occurred with the the DNC is part of that process of just keeping the outliers at bay and and keeping the the core system going.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, those are very interesting observations. And I think they even go beyond, um, you know, the scope of our lawsuit, um, because I I would just say as, you know, an observer of politics that, you know, it may very well be that um, the United States has outgrown the two party system. Um, issues today in today's world are just too complex, uh, to, uh, only provide people with a choice between two basic options. I mean, you know, if you go to Europe, you know, most of the parliamentary democracies that you see, they have numerous political parties that have to uh, uh, compete, and they form coalitions. And so, uh, you know, that's you know a you know very democratic, widespread um, uh, way of doing things that we don't do here in the United States. But maybe we should, and so maybe um, the outcome of all this. Uh, you know, of course, the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, they seem to be ha- gaining unprecedented attention uh, through this election because of the frustrations that that we're all seeing. And so maybe this is the birth of, 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 of a new type of system for the United States that incorporates uh, more than two parties, because, you know, personally, I think it's you know ludicrous that you would, uh, you know, entrust uh, the entirety of a democracy to, to just Two parties. It seems it it seems anti-democratic inherently to me.
0: Well, of course, just have conversations with people about politics. You don't come across just two opinions. I mean, this exactly. a, a much wider uh, range than is uh, represented by the bichromatic non-rainbow right. of the American political choice, which is kind of frustrating for people who feel, OK, got to wedge myself. It's like those Japanese game shows. Where you got to wedge yourself into various shapes to get through things. It's like, how much do I have to compromise to get the little bit that I want? And that, that of course, is a larger question. But I think uh, there's a lot of frustration around that as well, because the two-party system is kind of in the process of being dismantled in some ways with with Trump and with of course the support for Bernie Sanders that was around, I think people are straining at the bit to try and get something different, something new.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm optimistic that you know maybe we will get to to a new um, place. It, but you know, in the short term, you know, it, it seems like um, there's going to be some some tumultuous times uh, politically here because. Um, You know, we have, uh, you know, a a general election coming up that I think is producing a lot of, um, you know, um, frightening passions in the population um, that suggest a lot of anger and discontent.
0: So just uh, two quick questions, I guess, a a call to action. I want to make sure that people know where to get uh, the information to join in what you're doing. Um, Just an amateur, non, of course, legal question. uh, Fruit of the poison tree, uh, given that the documents were obtained without the permission, of course, of the DNC, um, how do they remain relevant or or admissible in a lawsuit?
1: Well, um, you know, uh, authenticity. I mean, this is, of course— um something you know the the authenticity and reliability of evidence is something that is determined in the course of the litigation process through what is called discovery and so what happens is in discovery is that um both sides uh, uh obtain documents Um, from each other and from third-party sources using subpoenas and depositions are conducted on the basis of those documents. And so the whole point of discovery is to gather the evidence and um, test the evidence so that ultimately uh, when it's presented in court, um, there are arguments and counterarguments going to authenticity and and so forth. Um, This is sort of an interesting situation um, um, for us as lawyers because the case has only just been filed and yet we already have a massive amount of information out there. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, of course, there were there were documents put up by for 2.0. Um, and then, of course, we have a massive amount of documents released by WikiLeaks. And who knows what the future holds, of course, in terms of documents. Um, so, Um, You know, that's, you know, you know, I'm not I'm not sure even how if if or how that issue is going to come up in this litigation at this point, because, um, you know, while. We've certainly used those documents as the basis for our pleading. Um, we are not really anywhere close to any of the uh, evidentiary phases of this. Um, right. You know, it may not come up at all, um, you know, um, uh, or, um, you know, the the the, the uh, you know, the defendants may have arguments. I don't know. But it's, it's hard for me to address that now.
0: Right. Now, one of the issues uh, that you've uh, pointed out uh, is uh, negligence, right? The the DNC did not protect donor information from hackers. And the question Mm -hmm. of uh, anonymity or privacy in political support is a pretty intense one uh, these days. Uh, And uh, what uh, are the issues that you have in that area?
1: Well, the issues are basically uh, the same issues that come up all the time in in, in, – you know, class actions that are filed these days whenever a uh, a, 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 a personal data is breached um, by a hacker at like a large corporation such as uh, Target, Um, you know, is a recent case. There was a big case about that, or I think there was one involving Sony um, not too long ago, but basically hacker gets in and steals a whole bunch of private data. And then, of course, the claim is that the company uh, failed to protect everyone's data, which, you know, in this day and age, it's a huge issue. I mean, we entrust so much of our uh, personal information and data to uh, large corporations um, that there is a duty of care that they owe us uh, not to uh, just leave it lying around. And of course, with the DNC, you know, not only did they, uh, you know, lose their own to to, uh, various um, um, actors, um, but um, they lost people's data. And so, um, you know, because, you know, when you make uh, donations, uh, to, uh, a political party, you give them a lot of information with your donation and they keep a lot of information on you because they want to keep coming back to you to get more money, uh, you know, because of, of that relationship. And so, um, you know, to the extent that they didn't safeguard the data of their own donors, I mean, it's a, it's sort of a, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a separate theory than, than the, the fraudulent, uh, uh conduct claims um in the complaint but at the same time it's also a very very serious issue and it goes to just you know frankly just how careful our leaders are our political our politicians are uh with our personal information
0: yeah, I guess if you lend your car to someone and they, it gets stolen, but they left it running with the keys in, there's a little bit of a <laughs> different situation. So um, exactly. so thanks so much for your time today. I want to remind people you can go to jampac, J-A-M-P-A-C dot U-S. Uh, your law firm, of course, is Beck and Lee, I guess like Glenn and Stan. Uh, beckandlee.com. Uh, what are the standards by which if people want to join the class action lawsuit, um, uh, Jared, what are the standards by which they would need to uh, be included?
1: Well, that's a really good question because we're, we get so many um, uh, emails and calls to our office every day now, um, people wanting to, to participate. So in a class action, um, what the way it works is that um, you uh, a certain number of people that are called class representatives or named plaintiffs um, basically uh, stand up and say, I'm going to be the representative plaintiff for this class of people. And then in the course of the case, the court makes a determination that the case is indeed certifiable as a class action, at which point um, a a notice goes out to all the class members. So we're not at that stage yet. And we've already got uh, numerous um, uh, individuals who um, have agreed and are serving as class representatives. So the case is definitely off the ground. Um, You know, people um, really don't need to contact us at this point um, if they, uh, you know, want uh, to participate, because um, if this case is indeed certified as a class action, there will be an official notice that gets disseminated to potential class members and it will have instructions that are approved by the court. But we're not close to that stage yet. Um, If if people just want to keep uh, uh, abreast of what's going on and uh, the developments, then um, the website you mentioned is a good place to go because we post all of the documents that get filed to that site so people have access, um, and we also have a Facebook page that uh, people can uh, follow if they're on Facebook so they can get notice of uh, the documents um, and news coverage of the case as it progresses. So that's what I uh, tell people to do if they're interested in uh, um, keeping close to the case for now. Right. So. Stay abreast of the situation, but let Jared concentrate at the moment. Let him
0: get the, the, to, to the process where it needs to be. Well, thanks a lot for your time. I am always enthusiastic and interested when people are doing the fundamental work of democracy, which is holding the powers that be accountable for their choices and their actions. So uh, I certainly appreciate uh, what you're doing. You're welcome back anytime time when there's a new update to keep people abreast. Uh, Jared, thank you so much for
1: your time today. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure, Stefan. Good to be with you.